from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I haven't enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Draft rugby, the game they play in heaven. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Draft Rugby Show, the show they play in heaven. Uh, welcome to Season 6, Episode 18, uh, where we're going to look at Super Rugby Pacific, Rounds 13 and 14. I'm your, ho- your host, Kagi, and joined by Harry and Nelson today, both wearing the same jumpers. It's like they're brothers and they have the same clothes. Uh, boys, how are we doing? Ha- Harry's trying really hard to prove it's a different jumper, but it's all right. It's going to look like the ho- the same jumper for the whole pod. So, Harry, how are we? How'd you enjoy the rugby on the weekend? Uh, very good, mate. Very good. It was awesome being out at the Tars game again, out against the Drua. Very, very good crowd. And I think any time Fiji are playing, you've got to turn up to the game because you know that the crowd's going to be 10 times louder and it makes for <laughs> such a good atmosphere. It was a great weekend of footy. Loved every minute and excited to talk. Nels, what about you, mate? Welcome. No surprise, Harry's exciting, excited to talk. That's just normal for him, mate. I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, something about that Fiji Tars game as well. The tar bar was raging after the match. I had mates stay there for a, over an hour after the match, having drinks and, and dancing to music at the footy. That's what we want to see more of, not just footy, but entertainment on and off the field. So that's good to see. Excellent, very good. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was a great game down there at the Tars, and of course, um, following following the Wallaroos defeating the Fijiana. That was a great yes. game as well. Harry and I saw a bit of that and we walked to the sideline. We were very close to the sideline and some of those girls are scary. They're physical, they're strong, they're fast. And we just looked at each other and we're like, we would die in five minutes on that field. They look that serious out there. They're so big, man. They are huge. They weren't any smaller than the blokes. It was terrifying. They They seriously weren't. There's no way I believe that. Nelson definitely went, I could take them, but um, that's all right. It's uh, Harry, Harry, I might believe, but Nelson, no chance, mate. Um, but <laughs> uh, Very good. Um, all right, well, look, before we get into uh, the agenda for the evening, um, Harry, you'd like to touch base, uh, as we do from time to time, on the podcaps. And we got some exciting podcaps coming up, some momentous Huge, caps. Three, three big points here. So obviously, Alan Wynne-Jones has retired on 170 caps. So finally... One of us are going to have the chance to run him down. I've hit the big 160, so if we do enough this year, I might run him down. But Nelson joins equal second with the great man, Richie McCaw, on, of course, 148 caps. I and came through Kagi, the front door, not the side door, to get there. And <laughs> All right, side, almost as big, Kagi, David, uh, 129 caps, mate. You join equal with the great Romanian rugby player, Florin Vlaku. Oh, Vlaku, mate. What a little legend. Absolutely love Vlaku. Um, I love the obscure references that I get. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's what keeps we're, people coming back for this podcast. We're running out, though, mate. <laughs> They're all big names from here, to be honest. Now, so I think we've got to agree to either stop the pod at 169 so Harry doesn't take out Unwin Jones or just um, or just get rid of him at that point, really. You know what I, I mean? think we just we start a new pod. Very yeah. different style. I've got I've got a really good idea actually. Once we crack Alan Wynn Jones and we go to total test caps and total like professional caps, because that'll keep us going to like 350. And then everyone's gonna find a player that has that total amount of games that they'll play between professional footy and and uh right. test matches as well. And eventually we can go for what's that Kiwi bloke that got like you know 470 uh like uh you know NP like club footy <laughs> matches or something. They will always find someone. Yeah, so. there's always someone. 
Yeah, very good. All right. Well, for tonight's episode, um, we're going to do a quick review of round 13 that has just been. We're going to preview round 14 to come, the second last round of Super Rugby Pacific, the regular season. Uh, Deserto, we're going to have a quick chat about Wallabies 15s, uh, who we think it might be and why. And Harry wants to do also a little Super Brew update. I do, mate. There's there's been some movement, huge. Brad Breath, who we said was tied third last week, he tipped the Western Force update, much like myself. Although I didn't, I got all the others wrong and he got them all right. The upset, or well, maybe it wasn't the upset. I think two out of three he tipped it. But uh, mate, Brad Breath jumps from third to equal first. There can only be one. There's actually two, so <laughs> there can only be one. Is joint. With Brad Breath in first on 81 points, Sensation dropping down to outright third on 78.25. So a little bit of movement at the top. It's good to see. Big ups. I, I like the balls on the guy, man. That's a big move. I'm sitting in a 12th, and one of my mates, he said I need to give him a shout-out. He, he he's coming eighth, and I said if you can get above that, I'll give you a shout-out. And he's eighth again for a second week in a row, so no shout-out for him. You're 16th yeah. champ, but whatever. Here we go. That was quick to correct each other. <laughs> a little bit of embellishing never goes astray with, uh, you know, you've got to take everything that Dale say with a grain of salt. But um, <laughs> no, very good. That's the the Draft Rugby Super Brew Comp. Definitely the most exclusive Super Brew Comp that's going around. Um, and please, for the love of God, don't let any of the Dales win it. So um, nice. can only be one. Brown. And Brad Brett, mate, keep doing your thing. Now, let's get into uh, round 13 for Entree. Um Couple of games on Friday night. Um, Harry, do you want to take us through the first two games? Yeah, Moana Crusaders, one-sided as expected, 7-41. to 41. The Crusaders B team still too good. The Reds getting dusted in Queensland by the Blues, 26-45, to 45, a, a pretty weak performance for them after trying to back up their huge performance the week before against the Chefs. The first match of Saturday was the Highlanders taking on the Rebels, under the roof, Rebels had a chance to, to ice the game, or at least to, to draw the game up, and were just too scared to take it. So Highlanders that was lost. To win it, mate. It was seventeen all at the time. That was to win it. Yeah. Sorry, you're right. It was to win it. Um, and then the Highlanders ended up going all the way down to to kick it themselves, winning twenty to seventeen. And the Chiefs took the win against the Hurricanes, 23-12, with the Canes missing a few stars. In a very wet game, that one. Um. And finally, we had the Tars defeating the Drua at uh, our beloved Allianz Stadium, 32-18. to 18. Yeah, It was great to see the Tars with some some good finishes there in the end. And the Force, uh, as we were talking about, upsetting the Brumbies, 34-19 to 19 over in the, uh, the HBF Park Fortress, um, which was very good for... We're going to have many wins in a row, but... Um, Let's get on to the top news. Of the, do we want to go top news of the week or talking points of the round first? How do you want to tackle it? Um, no, go top news, mate, top news. There's some. There's just so many big signings. I love how active everyone is. First one for me, Fergus Lee Warner, coming home to Australia. Um, now, where's he going? Tell us. Uh, Fergus Lee Warner is coming to New South Wales. That he's home, he's home team, boys. I'm home. Sorry. I'm sorry, Force fans, but he's a New South Welshman. So good to see him back. And I'm pretty sure that it's already been announced he'll be in the Wallaby squad since signing for the Waratahs. Well, he, yeah, he's gotten better <laughs> already since that signing. And the, the jersey will make him look that much better as well. You yeah. go down the checklist, right? It's like 
playing in Australia, check. Waratahs, check in. And uh, and, we move on. and that's it. That's the whole checklist. That's all you need. Oh, how good. Um, and speaking of locks, uh, even more recently announced, Lukan Salakai Lotto uh, wanted to return to Australia. And before we knew it, he's signed already, signed at the Rebels. So going down there to... Quote from him, he, he, this has just come out now, this is just confirmed, but he said he was asked obviously about if he was could have been selected overseas because we've got the 30 test limit and you have to have played 30 tests. He goes, it's definitely not over at 30 tests. I, I want to make it at least 31, basically saying. like he, he probably was on that borderline, but he wants to come back and prove he can do it when he's in Australia. So good to see. Love it. How good. Um, and... and, of course, in the same breath, Trevor Hosea and Matt Phillip leaving the Rebels. So... They needed him. <laughs> I don't really know if a perfect I don't know it's confirmed now, isn't it? They are both confirmed. Heading yeah. to Japan. The biggest signing of the year, though, boys. Come on. Crusaders, oh. lock him in for another title. <laughs> yeah. Playing yeah. at 10. I think he'll be playing with Richie McCall going overseas. He'll be playing at 10. Richie Mawanga. down their answer. Sorry, Richie McCall. Richie Mawanga. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Levi Amua to the Crusaders. Holy Jesus. And, and we... Also- they're playing Anuku, and they're just getting a more scary physical man in Levi Moore. Oh, I didn't know they were losing Flying Anuku. Goddamn. But um, I was going to say, mate, you thought we thought them signing Pablo Matera was unfair. Come on, mate. You can't sign the most destructive centre and ball runner in the bloody competition and give him to the best. My opinion shows that the this shows that the setup of Moana Pacifica is not what Super Rugby needs. Mm. I know there's a lot of Kiwi-born players. He's grew up most of his life in Australia, to be fair as well. Um, but he's not really a New Zealand product. Obviously, any Kiwi-born person wants to play for the All Blacks, and that's why he is going to the Crusaders. He wants to be an All Black. It's true. At least every second week, Nelson had been mentioning that um, Levi Amua is Australian eligible, and um, can we can we sign him for the Wallabies, please? But uh, I can see it's like from the eligibility ASAP that we can <laughs> sign them from Kiwi teams. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what about so we've got some top league signings as well no nah, these these ones aren't signings mate. the, the um, Japanese League 1 they had the final on the weekend Marks and Foley's could, could Walter Spears uh, they beat Robbie Dean's Wild Knights which has Lude, Boshir, Jack Nielsen, Cora Beattie, Dialende and Dylan Riley some big names over there but Yes, uh, the Foley, he he basically led them to a to win by all reports. Yeah, um, mate. Well, it was, it was a weekend of um of, of finals. Then we had that. We had the the Challenge Cup and the the Heineken Cup as well. Um, we were just talking before the pod about uh, poor poor Leinster, three years in a row bowing out in the final, but specifically two years in a row going down to La Rochelle and um. What a fight back there. They had put such a score on to begin with and La Rochelle came back and won it. That's the very death knell. So devastating for them. Brings uh, Skelton to now four Champions Cups, two with Saracens, two with La Rochelle. But I also had Kerbalo, who is eligible for the Wallabies at nine. Not that we need or want him. And Aussie-born UJ Tenny. I wouldn't mind him. He's 32, though. We, well, I don't want to hurt our, our nines that are here. But uh, UJ Siotenny, uh, he was the 13 for them as well. He had four tackle busts to try, two offloads, uh, one offload and two line breaks. He looked seriously good, but he has played for Samoa, so we can't we can't sneak him back. Yeah, but I will say that it did send me down a rabbit hole of watching Skelton's La Rochelle highlights and made his first pick in the Wallabies locks. Get him in there, please. But... Um... Anyway, he 
gets past the advantage line every single time. But also Corey Beatty, I don't know if you boys saw it. He did a a replica of that tackle on my pimpy um, to to you know against the crew uh, against the box. He did the same thing this weekend. I think it was on Kida, the right. the winner coming across from the other side and making a very very similar tackle. Oh, how very good! good. And I, 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 I don't like to see Corey Beatty. I've missed him. I know, right? With the, yeah, it's, it's hard to forget just how freaking unbelievable he is. But, guys, the mm. Japanese uh, Rugby League won best 15. I won't go through it here, but it's just a combined Barbarians, Australia, South Africa, and Japan team, isn't it? There's only a couple of names you need to know there. Bernard Foley. Hey, there's heaps of names. What do you mean? No, no, that you need to know. Bernard Foley at 10, Harry Hawkins at 5. They're the two you need to know. That's the main ones to take out of it. And there's lots of other really good players. Right. <laughs> Although, is that missing Samu Karevi? Where's he in that? I don't see that there. He, did he not miss a lot through injury? I think that's what it is. Right. Fair enough. Um, and then the last point there of the news, I think, is uh, men's sevens qualify for the Olympics. The uh, the Aussie sevens. How good? good. That yeah. means, didn't they have to finish fifth to do that? Is that right? No. Or, or um, who was the other team that they're competing with had to lose against Argentina and they did. Oh, so right. Very good. Default. Love it. Love it. Guys, talking points from the round. The Moana fight back in the second half, preventing the floodgates from opening. Uh, Just kind of like the the Canes. What do you reckon? No, I mean... not not like the Canes. Like last week, the the Canes put on a huge score. But um, certainly, look, I mean, I could say I was playing Harry in fantasy this week and Harry decided to pick up the entire Crusaders team. And I was starting to sweat profusely uh, with the way that first half was going. I thought the second half, the Crusaders were going to put about another 50 on Moana. But uh, wow, they had a good good hard talking to at halftime and they came out and absolutely gave it to the Crusaders. So for a good 20 or 25 minutes, they were um, absolutely giving it to them, um, and it ended up being quite a tame score in the end. I mean, still a convincing win, but um, huge fight back from Moana. They lost the first half by 29 points um, and lost the second half by five, and they scored their own try in the second half. So definitely on the up at that point. Yeah. The only thing I'll say about that game, which uh, I'm still upset about, is that we were denied, we were robbed of a Fyanganuku versus Fyanganuku battle. Team of Fyanganuku, of course, starting at 14 for the Moana, and they rested Leicester this week. So, you know, the team are all week's been saying, boys, they were too scared to run him out against me, you know, but um, <laughs> God, I would have loved to have watched that. That would have been great. Yeah. Um, what we got next? Your boy, Bodie Barrett, Nels. Oh, look, Bodie Barrett, he limped off in that one, but it turns out he's had a cut on the bottom of his foot uh, that he had to get stitched up, couldn't put his boot back on, so couldn't get back onto the field. Um, but what have we got here? Reds cop the blues. Doesn't matter that Bodie goes off, the Reds still cop the blues. This was this was just one of the headlines from, um, I think, the Super Rugby website. It was, Barrett limps off, but Reds cop dose of blues. <laughs> yeah, love it. Um, yeah, the I guess what were the other talking points? Yeah, we talked. I mean, we already talked about it, really the late Highlanders penalty denied the Rebels. That was oh, pretty. Well, it's the hand of God, the hand of God. Is uh, is it was it uh, Lockie Anderson? Lockie yeah, Lockie Anderson, yeah, same. diving over and getting his hand under Sam Gilbert to deny what looked like a certain try. Kelloy also right. absolutely exceptional to stop it from happening. But mate, we talked in the week about uh, Nubum, the super sub, just cheating his way through trade night. Own Sam Gilbert and that loss of try was the karma, the fantasy gods' wrath 
The hand. No, of no, it's down. the hand of the fantasy god. That's oh. what it was. The fantasy god <laughs> stopping. He he lost to me by six points. So if he got that try, he would have won by four. It's true. If you so, needed, if you needed evidence, it was karma. It, it, it is the highest score, highest losing score uh, of the fantasy season. So, um, cop that. Right, Except the fantasy gods, mate. Everyone knows how that plays. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Um, now, look, other aggravations. I was aggravated with the the Hurricanes Chiefs game because um, that was the majority of my fantasy team, and uh, as it was absolutely pouring down with water, um, it was a pretty lackluster affair. Really, just you know, all you wanted to see was the outside backs get into it, and um, didn't really get to see any of that, so little Devo, but um, still a good game nonetheless. Um, we also had Big Jorgo. There were a couple of gears in the stadium calling him Little Jorgo, but we were calling him Big Jorgo after his his involvements in the Tars match. It's four straight Tars win, and he had a big hand in it, three try assists, and he was all over the paddock for them. He's looking seriously, seriously good for an eighteen year old. You keep forgetting he's eighteen. Like he's actually just that good. It's scary. He's big Jorgo. It is mental. And Harry, before I'll, I'll let you bring us home with the last talking point of the round, mine was just um, the boom fuzz of the round in the words of, uh, what's his name, Justin Marshall was Langy Gleeson's. Uh, he's going in for the try. Could have just drawn and passed to Dylan Page, but decided, no, nah, I want to make a statement of this. Get on the highlight reel. Absolutely sent Ravitamunda flying. Um, just put the exclamation on his try. And then even greater than that was the boy, the most dangerous player in the competition, Timothy Tavatavanawai coming off the bench. Do you remember the boomfers that he was putting on? Um, he butchered a certain try. He had uh, Henry Taifu running inside of him. Could have given it to him for a try, but man, did he bump off a couple of people. I forget who who he put I that think, one on. But... I think everyone should know by now he's not passing the ball, mate. He's just no. running and scoring. Exactly. Why, why, don't even run the inside line. Just stop behind him and wait to, <laughs> to no support him. You, know? <laughs> but, you can't rip the ball off him. That's all you can do. But well, I was frothing off those the decade of pain ends for the Western Force. This is surely the biggest, <laughs> biggest talking point of the week. A four-team match losing streak against the Brumbies. The Western Force are now up to six in a row at home. They've got the Chefs in a couple of weeks, so they're just going to keep the big wins coming. But, mate, this is an upset that we thought might have been likely when the Brumbies named that weak team. And sure enough, the Force made them pay, which I love. Don't disrespect us coming over here to our house. And they made them pay, and they did it convincingly too. And I thought Max Bury was a, a very, very good player. Had a great night as well. He had a great night for sure. He was very involved. But, look, you heard it here first if you hadn't heard it anywhere else. They're going to beat the Chiefs in the final round at home to keep that that run going. I reckon it was all from Falafinger's um, trash talk throughout the week. You know, he said, yeah. uh, left, left, the, left the big dogs at home, sending the pups over. I mean, he should have said they were sending over the foals or whatever, you know, sending the baby horses over. I've got to, you've got to go read that. If you haven't done it yet, just Google Falafinger articles in the last week. And the, the chat he was throwing was so good. So, so, good. so good. Just pulling zero punches. I loved it. <laughs> um, guys, fantasy man of the week, we have none other than Mark Talea from the Blues. Again, 93 points. He had 14 carries for a try, a try assist, 156 metres, so above the old 10 metres of carry. He had 10 tackle busts, two line breaks, an offload, 67 tackles, and then managed to turn over and uh, concede a turnover as well. So he had a blinder of a game and was in everything. Covered in spiders, that bloke, still. Uh, we had for notables HJH, 79, Takeaho, 76, Billy Harmon, winner for two, 69, Will Jordan, 66, some big names here, Richard Harddick, 65, Jorgo, 62, 
McAllister and Ekuwasi, 61. Some big scores all around. Scores like that just get Nelson excited, you know what I mean? He's 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 recording this pod in his bedroom. He's going to save that energy and use it later. But um, the super sub, Connell McInerney, came on um, only 34 minutes, 47 points. So made quite an impact. I was looking, there was no real standout stats. Just two tackle busts and offload and 12 of his 12 tackles. Just got through the work, you know? It was rock solid. It's crazy. Um, I don't know how we do that. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we had ca- the Captain Mudd Award of the Week. Uh, James Tucker, minus 12 points. That's quite an achievement, but um, he made three of four tackles, uh, one conceded, uh, one made a turnover, conceded a turnover and a yellow card and just generally did nothing else, I believe. so. Yeah, um, he was on the field for all of five minutes, to be fair. So, yeah, he did do nothing else. But I love the 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 legacy that Rob Simmons has left because the, the locks keep winning these awards. <laughs> the Captain Mutterwood, yeah, true. Yeah, uh, uh, Matt, we, I'm pretty sure it's uh, he of whose name we do not speak, but um, you have ruined that, but that's all right. Uh, everyone knows who Captain Mud is. Now, let's get into the main course. Uh, let's take a look at Super Rugby Pacific Round 14. Nelson, would you like to take us through the first of the two Friday games? Yes, under the roof, it's the Highlanders versus the Reds. We have no new injuries for the Highlanders, but for the Reds, we have... Dane Zander, who limped off with a right leg injury in the returns column. We have Perry Perry Chicken. Uh, we think he's likely he's been ill the last couple of weeks, so we think he he's there or thereabouts and should be on the field, hopefully. Will Tucker and Josh Dixon, they're both maybes after their concussion. We have, hopefully, James O'Connor, I think, all but confirmed if things are going well for returning from his concussion, and Hunter Paistrami, as Kagi calls him. Uh, a chance after his MCL injury. Yeah, they said he'd be back a few weeks ago. Um, no, no, they pushed it back. That was, it's actually meant to be round 15, but I think they said he's a chance for this one. Sorry, I mean, a few weeks ago, I think they said 14, didn't they? They said he's ahead of schedule, though? Or, yeah, 15. Or 15. He's, he's touch and go. He, he could play this week. But, guys, big game. Landers in ninth, the Reds in seventh. Obviously, it's a very tight table for that last one or two spots in finals of the Tars now essentially locking down one of them. Um, how do we how, how do we think it's going to go? The, yeah. Oh, um, I mean, the big thing is the Highlanders have the Blues next week. So surely this is a, all on the line for them this week. They've got to win now. Yeah, they've got to win. you've got to win your home games as well, you know. I think four points behind the Reds. Uh, the Reds have Ndrua next week as well, but mind you, that is in Fiji. So if they're gonna if they're gonna catch up their four points, this is a really really important one for them. Um, look, if if those locks are back, we mentioned a few of them. I mean, we mentioned three of them for the Highlanders. Does it mean we get to see Frizzell have a rest? Um, at least have a rest from the locks. He he's done pretty well there in the last couple of weeks, despite not being a lock. Um, but in that back row, I mean, we could see him fill in somewhere. But they've got Withy Harmon, Renton, or do we see Michele Tu'u coming back into that starting side? I don't know. I feel like given how they've treated the season so far, we're probably looking more likely at a, a Withy Harmon Renton. Um, they just seem to kind of like that work rate. And uh, we still don't know why they hate Marino Michele too, um, but they seem to. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they run out. Um, if if the locks are back and they, they do end up resting Frizzell. Um, but... Uh, yeah, is that the same way you see it, Harry? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they've kind of shown their cards, and that is that Tu'u hasn't actually impressed them coming back from his injury. Maybe not quite as 100%, but I do think he's building. I think he's he's making better and better impressions when he's coming off the bench. So 
I anything could happen, but that I would I would tend to kind of go the same as you guys. Very good. Um, Aaron Smith's his last game at Forsyth Bar, 183 caps for the Highlanders. So just like we talked about Alan Wynn Jones, Aaron Smith will be the next one of the next few ones you can we can start running down in the pod caps. Yeah. Um Huge for him. So I feel like the team and has given him a lot. Uh, he seems to be a real kind of cult figurehead there. So hopefully, you know, the boys will want to get up and uh, and send him on his way. Um, Nels, you've got some thoughts on Nareki, your boy. Yeah, I, I think um, Aaron Smith, he's the second most super rugby capped Kiwi of all time. But yeah, look, my boy Nareki, he's going to provide, and he has been the last couple of weeks, providing the punch that their Highlanders have been missing earlier on in the the, the year. Yes, Thomas Wilmer Jensen has done it through through times, but not for a consistent run of, of time throughout a whole match. But yeah, he's going to run circles around Vunavalu, someone who's been back to his quiet best. And by that I mean quiet. Not not best, but mainly quiet. Um if the Reds have any any brains, they're going to be kicking their high balls to to that corner because Vunavalu can get up in the air. And there's a, a height mismatch for sure, but if not, just expecting a recce to run around them ten times in this match. And the uh, yeah. the other one for me was the center pairing. They said that they put Gilbert in at twelve last week for a tactical change, which I think worked pretty well. He's just exceptional at the moment wherever he's on the field. But um, I, I I wonder how they're going to play it. Do they push? Thomas Amunga Jensen, who's been one of their best players, back into the twelve jersey and push Gilbert to fullback. Or could they give Fatuli Pyre a rest and maybe put Tudgett outside centre to complement Gilbert as well? I'm not sure which way they go. I think Logic says they try and stick with a formula they've used more often, Tudgett 12, Gilbert at 15. But I, I wouldn't mind seeing it the other way around as well. Yeah, look, I think Gil- Gilbert's he's probably been the best he's been the best back for the Highlanders. So he's your first yeah. pick on the field. And the, the beauty is he can play anywhere. But um for mine, Tudge, I mean, look, Nelson nailed it saying Nareki's that that punch they've been missing. But that's because Nareki's on the outside and he can get around everyone. Tudge, there's a few games when he was providing the punch, but the thing is he's having to go through the entire team in the middle of the field. And there's only so much you can do when you're doing that. So hey, there's a few games he he solidly put the team on his shoulders and was the only one getting them go forward. So I, I, I'm still, it enrages me that TUJ is not out there every game starting because he's he's immense. But um, I hadn't even thought of that idea of Gilbert at 12 and uh Touch at thirteen. I mean, I'd I'd go with that then. I, I think Gilbert he plays his best footy at fifteen personally for the for the, the Highlanders, um, and it's a much better option than Connor Gun Batcher. But um, yeah, bit of a conspiracy. Gilbert he's now had two starts in the last handful of matches at that twelve jersey instead of Tudge against the Rebels against the Waratahs. Whether it's something they don't think they need as much of that physicality and they want to play a little bit smarter and field position around Aussie teams, uh, I'm not sure. But it's another Aussie team. Maybe we get to see Gilbert there at 12 and, and direct him around with that extra boot. I like that made-up uh, conspiracy. Very good. Uh, <laughs> guys, Freddie Ver- Burns versus Hunt. I-, I feel like Freddie Burns is probably taking this jersey more and more each week. I think maybe not quite as strong as a couple of weeks ago, but it would surprise me if they rotate it around at this point. I, I think Burns has been given the keys, and if they're going to go anywhere in this competition, it's going to be off the back of him. And I also think that Hunt looks pretty good coming off the bench with that little bit of energy as well, and it gives him the option to play at 10 or 15, however they really feel like using him. I agree. I think it's uh, Burns is much more effective starting than coming off the bench, and Hunt is probably more effective coming off the bench than starting, it seems, for that team. So kind of a no-brainer. Um, the Reds, Nels. 
Uh, so the Reds have a zookeeper in their midst with Fa'angasi, uh, who he played for the Highlanders back in 2019. And he said, hopefully we can keep the zoo quiet going down uh, to the south of New Zealand there. So zookeeper, mate, is that going to be enough to to keep these fans in the zoo quiet, Kagi? Is, is that, are you calling him the zookeeper purely based that he said, hopefully we can keep them quiet? Like, it's not like he's really gone out there and gone, I'm the zookeeper, we're going to shut the zoo up, you know? <laughs> he's just saying, hopefully. the zoo, and he is hopeful that they can keep him quiet. But he's been in there. He knows how they work, you know? He, he's actually worked with the animals at the zoo, you know what I mean? He does. Well, look, I have to say, um, I'm not I'm wow. not so confident that that, that that will happen at all, particularly given that the Highlanders' scrum has been one of the best, if not the best, in the competition and they're very likely to have Ethan DeGroote, Makaleo, and Ainsley back there. Well, I think they're going to be shutting the hell up out of Fargasi this week. I think they're going to be giving it to the Red Scrum. So, unfortunately, I think the zoo is going to be in full full effect, and um, that that's why maybe he didn't go too hard on that, and just with the little, <laughs> hopefully, we can keep him quiet. So, um, yeah. Uh, Harry, what did you what do you want to talk about? Sorry. Uh, look, I think Harry Wilson um, has had two rests on the bench, and I think he's looked really good bringing the energy. Sarah Ira had a blinder two weeks ago, but maybe didn't have that same kind of impact last week. So I think you'll see that revert. I think you'll see Will, Wilson back to the eight jersey and making his uh, standard 20 carries and 15 tackles per game. Yeah, and what do you reckon that was for? The just giving Sarah Ura a crack or just trying to make Wilson do something different, like provide impact or something, impetus? I don't know. Uh, I, I think it was just giving him a rest. He's got such a big work rate. But the the thing I'm I'm questioning as well is when does Fraser McWright or Liam Wright get a rest? Like those two blokes just blokes just play eighty minutes every single week, don't they? Sure, mate, they're both they're both young. Like, they're spring chickens, mate. Play them all day, bro. They're fine. Um, I mean, I'm fine with it as well because they're a Nelson Myers fantasy team, but. <laughs> Uh, I, I just Actually, at some point, you, surely with every other player needing a Wallabies rest or William Wright just a rest. I think Fraser isn't Fraser McWright the only player who has literally played every minute of the entire season. I think in the whole competition, I believe he is. So great pick. Um, but um, wait, look, one I think thing on that as well, Kagi is hmm. hey, we we just talked about bringing Wilson off the bench. They've also brought on a new front row before half time in the last hmm. two weeks. So and and Faisler's doing really really well coming off the bench. Um, Wilson's doing really really well coming off the bench. So I mean it's it's something that you know has been an interesting concept by Thorne there, but it, it seems to be doing pretty well. Well, they ha- they have. I actually think they'll go again because I think they said that the the starting Reds front row for the last two weeks is their best scrummaging front row, and against the Highlanders, that's absolutely what you need to start with. But there's no doubt that that reserve front row is their most impactful and probably best across the park. So I think it's a good tactic and it suits the depth of their front row really well. And we'll probably, I reckon he'll be even more revolutionary this week. We'll see um, that early sub. That'll come at 20 minutes. Uh, it'll just be, you know what I mean? It'll be like After first the 20. long arm penalty, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, but no, I, I think the big one for me in this game is um, obviously we, you know, the, the Reds copped a bit of a reality check from a very strong blue side last week. Um, at home after the high of defeating the Chiefs. But I think, you know, often people read into too much, uh, you know, takeaways from a game. But I do think having beaten the Chiefs in New Zealand will resonate to be like, look, you know, we're going over there. This is just another game. We can definitely beat the Highlanders in uh, in Dunedin. So um, I, I genuinely think everyone thinks they can beat the Highlanders in Dunedin. <laughs> and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I just I just think that everyone thinks they can right now. 
The Rebels almost did, and I think the Reds will back themselves as well. I'm going to go straight off the bat. The Reds, I tip the Rebels, tipping the Reds by three points. No, yeah, like I'm going to say the the Reds are going to get it done. It's going to be off the boot of a kick, and I'm going to say it's going to be two points. Well, I'm not going to share the faith. I'm going to say the Highlanders are going to win this, uh, and I'll just go by three. Sorry, boys. You had a straight out. Let's get it. Fair enough, guys. Rebels versus the Western Force. New injuries on this one. You had Tom Robertson coming off with an ankle injury. You sent on crutch as on his crutches at the end of the game. So obviously not a good sign for him. Expect that he's unlikely to play. We think that Carter Gordon will be back. We're only basing that off the fact that City had a bruise behind the knee that he'd been managing for a long time, all season really. And it, it basically sounds like he was probably just given the rest to make sure he was right. Um, so expecting him back, although not confirmed. Santiago Madrano has been quiet since about round 11 or 10. I think round 10 he got pulled pregame when we thought he was coming back from a rib injury. So those generally, uh, they, they are a bit hit and miss, but that's a long time now. I think you might but, see him come back. Particularly, particularly with Tom Robertson gone. Though. Robertson gone, yeah. So I think that might push him in. And then Isaac Rodder has said that he was aiming to play last week. They think he's likely back this week. So he's a big inclusion for them. I hope we get to see him have a run. Off the bench, do you think, or do you think we're seeing straight in? Uh, I reckon straight in. I reckon Kalapu goes well off the bench as well. He's that kind of dynamic player, whereas Rodder's more your workman. So I think if you're going to play it one way or the other, I like Rodder for 50 minutes and then get him off. I mean, that's what the Matt Phillip did last week, right? It went straight in to start. He played 53 minutes and, look, a little bit rusty, but good to get him straight back in with that experience. And I wouldn't be surprised if the force did the same thing. Yep, I think that's a fair call. Um, all right, well, let's talk about the Rebels. Uh, I think I think it's pretty fair to say three wins is a pretty is a poor reflection of their season. Um, they've certainly they've played much much better than that, and you think that they deserve. I don't know, at least, they'd probably be sitting up about six wins or something. I'd say, like if if you ask me without having looked at the table, how many wins have the Rebels got? You know, I'd, I'd feel like they were about a five or a six win mark. So. Um, I think this will be a game they're really targeting. Yes, the Force did upset the Brumbies uh, pups or the Brumbies foals team, as uh, we talked about. But uh, this game's at home in Melbourne. Um, Carter Gordon will be back. I think they'll really be looking to have a crack at this one, particularly after losing that really close game last week that they should have uh, another game they should have won. So, um, yeah, they're you know they're going to have to break the trend of failing to close out these close matches. Um, and so I think they'll be looking for just a really strong start to actually put some points on the board and try to get away, you know what I mean, rather than bring it all down to the end. It's a funny one for me with the Highland, uh, with the, the Rebels. They, they've got a lot of individuals stepping up, um, Carter Gordon being one of them, so hopefully he is back. But, I mean, we've seen Hardwick, you know, really, really good at the line, scoring another try with a little bit of a shimmy into into contact close to, to the line. Um, other players have just impressed massively. Josh Cannon's come seemingly come out of nowhere, and he has been awesome. I think Lucas Ripley had some good moments um, last week, and and Lockie Anderson is super undervalued. We we were talking about him last week. He is an absolute class player for them, and and no one's mentioning the guy's name. Hmm. He's, he's just so big and so solid, fast. Like he really is a very well rounded player. It's just that I, I think it's taken him a while to warm into the level of Super Rugby coming across from sevens. But, mate, there, there's a bit to him. There's a lot to like. He reminds me, I know it's a life-to-like with sevens, but he reminds me of just Peach but a bit bigger. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And people forget he's still got that pace about him, you know, even though he's put back a bit of size. He's a quick bloke. Yeah. I think the difference is Peach is a bit better because he wears a Waratahs jersey. But um, <laughs> this... He's got the right colour on, yeah. 
He does have the right color on. But look, there's another interesting one here. We had Ekuasi playing at six with Hardwick and Wilkin filling out the rest of the back row. Do we see the same thing happen again? I think Ekuasi is such an influential player for them, but they, they can't really get rid of Hardwick to put him at eight either. So there's, there's a good combination with them there, despite meaning maybe it hurts their line-out options a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the problem I have is Hardwick's playing so well he's got to play. But for mine, Hardwick and Wilkin are just both sevens. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I, I just don't love this trend of running two sevens. But with the current Rebels back row, I can't see, like, you have to. They're both playing so well. I mean, you've got the captain, Wilkin, and Hardwick's playing such good footy. Um, but it's do you play him at six and play Ekuasi at eight? So I mean, you've got somebody who can take the ball off the back of the scrum, you know? Kim and he's out for another week as well, though. So I, I think it's just how it is. It's going to play. They're going to play it that way again. Yeah. Um, guys, the other one for me is first of all, Ryan Lawrence. How did that not get a talking yeah. out talking point for the, the week? Jesus Christ, that was the worst commentating I've seen for a while. But Ryan Lawrence will play at nine. I don't think that Hodge will be at yeah. 10. You know, we mentioned we thought Carter Gordon would be back. This is my long way to put Lawrence into the conversation here. Um, I think he'll he'll uh, shift Hodgie back to outside centre. Lucas Ripley, I thought, had a really good game again at outside centre. Seems to take every opportunity at this stage of his career. But other than that, I think it'll be the exact same team. I think they're just going to run out the same again, keep building the combination, and then have a crack at the force. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think spell out the 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 Lawrence joke actually. By the way, because it took me a second to realise what you're talking about. But uh... oh, mate, who's Harry? <laughs> Who, who was the commentator over at uh, the over in New Zealand when Ryan Lawrence every single time he got the ball, mm. the commentator would call him Ryan Lawrence, <laughs> and even when he picked up the ball to pass it from the deck of every ruck, he just goes Lawrence, Lawrence. <laughs> so he was calling yeah, it seventy to eighty times in the game for a bloke mm, that's yeah. playing Super Rugby since two thousand and twelve, and he hasn't <laughs> learned his name. Like it's just two thousand thirteen, maybe. Sorry, just ridiculous. Yeah. The yeah. the I can't think of his name now. He's seventy three. The um the the commentator. I won't say his name and butcher it because I can't remember it, and I'll be more respectful than he is. Um, but no, I I think the the interesting thing as well. Hodge is not their ten. I I like Hodge, and uh, there's great meme break breaking case of emergency, and it's Hodge behind a screen with like a ten jersey on or whatever. So good, so good. I absolutely love it, but. Uh, just he proved it on the weekend when he had five, six, seven phases that he was directly in front and could have taken a drop goal, was too scared to do it. I've never seen Carter Gordon take a drop goal, but that man would take that drop goal, even if there was fire in front of him and, you know, a plane shooting, and he'd be doing it. That man's cool as a cucumber. But uh, if we jump across to the four. Guys, so I just saying, want to say I do have the name here, the commentator. It was, yeah, yeah. It was Grant Nisbet. <laughs> Grant Nisbet, that's it. Yeah, nice, boys. All right. Let's <laughs> um, not attack a, a commentating great uh, in New Zealand, please. Uh, yeah, mate, if you can pronounce anyone's name outside of New Zealand, I'll give it to him. A great career. Just needs to learn how to play, say people's names. All right, we're He's not we're not calling him out. Just to be clear. No, no, yeah. He, he won't. He won't know who Harry, Agu, <laughs> and Noslin is anyway. Uh, <laughs> um. So, Bury, Harry, you touched on earlier. Bury's actually building into this season really well. I think what he's had three games or four, or four games now, but he had four tackle busts last week, looking a little bit more confident in himself. He ran 66 metres and he's kicking so well 100%, six from six last week. I, I just think it shows that there is something to 
you know, giving a player a little bit more time in shoot shield and letting them, you know, build some confidence and a bit more experience before throwing them in. And I say that despite the man opposite him probably being Carter Gordon, we love so much more. But I, I think it is good to see that, you know, someone coming through that pathway and, and earning it like he has. Yeah, look, I, I think similar to the Western Force for me, uh, sorry, to the Rebels for me, the Western Force, I just don't see there being a lot of changes. I think Isaac Rodder is the one that we mentioned before, Madrano in for Tom Robertson. Otherwise, I think they'll just try and rotate, the uh, pull the exact same side out again. The, the big question mark's going to come to when does Isi Nasarani get another start? I thought the, you know, the only thing against that is I thought Raboni Warren Vasayato probably had his best game of the year for the force last week. So it's a real conundrum there for them or how they try and give Nas- Nasarani some minutes because I think he's only on a short-term contract. And I think it's going to be hard to to justify to him to sign for next year when they've got 27 good back rowers for 2024 and the bloke can't get a start as he is. So it's um it's a tough position. Look, I've, yeah. I've got the answer for you. I've got the answer for you. Um, we just said Vosay Artho had his best game since coming back. Zero defenders beat him. Zero line breaks, zero offloads, zero any stat other than thirteen tackles, missing one. No, oh, I appreciate no, that, that's just stats. He's 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 made us through contact and getting them front football was excellent. I, I appreciate it, but I mean we love Vosay Artho, and he he is not at his physical best at the moment. We've brought Nasa Rani back. Get the man on the paddock and give him a crack, like. If we don't think that Nasarani can run a bunch of times and get slightly over the advantage line, then why the hell did we bring this bloke back? He needs to be starting. There's two weeks left. Get the man on the field. I think it's it's a, the re, the main reason I see it for is because uh, Nasarani, when he he was re-signed with the team, his first week for the force, they did start him straight out of the gate, and he didn't have a very good game. So I think just from that. Maybe Cron uh, just had such high expectations, and then not not seeing Nasarani just perform peak straight out of the gate kind of set him back a bit, went, fine, you're back to the bench, mate. Cron seems to be a huge fan of Raboni, probably knows him from New South Wales. Um, and so, uh, yeah, just, I don't know. But I, I agree. Put, I want to see some more Nazarani, um, let him build back into the season because he's he's surely a long-term option and he's he's who you, you go to for game line, you know what I mean? So, are you picking, uh, boys? Targi? Uh, what are we doing? Rebs Force. I'm picking the Rebs um, at home. Carter Gordon. Um, uh, I'm going to pick it by... Oh, just deciding how generous I'm going to be to the Rebels. I'll say by I'll say it's a close game. I'll say Rebels by six. Yeah, look, I'm I'm going to think it's pretty much a flip of what happened last time. Um, I think the Rebels are going to get it done and they're going to win by five. Harry's at the line. Uh, the line. I don't know what the line is. Uh, the line is five and a half. I actually had the Rebels by six as well. Um, so you jerks have ruined me. I'm going to go Rebels <laughs> by four. Outlier. Oh, wow. Good job. I got the outlier with six. Love that. Yeah, I just don't see it blowing out to a full converter try, to be honest. But, but guys, let's go to the Saturday wait, wait, game. If there's three people doing tips, two are outliers, mate. Yeah. Can you, can and here's one of them. Give the guy give the guy a break. <laughs> outlier. <laughs> okay, Love guys. It. Saturday games. Fijian and Drua versus Moana Pacifica. There's no new injuries on this one. Both got through with Queen Bill of Health last week. Returning, we assume that we should see Kidioni Salawa. He was one of the only players. He was the only player that wasn't taken over to the to Perth because he had a niggle. Then they said that he was available for selection last week, and then he he just wasn't picked. So not really sure what's going on there. But we expect him to be back for this week. 
And it, it, uh, maybe Danny Tuala would be the other one for me, but I'm not sure if he's injured or what was going on there. In saying that with Salawa, I will say Mira Mira has been playing some outstanding footy. Like, don't get me wrong, I think no, Salawa has still been the best long, best seven by a long way, but Mira Mira has been killing it. So it is, it is there is a conversation. Salawa is the best. Mira Mira is good. But look, this is the uh, the the battle of the Pacifica nations, the Pacifica sides. Love to see it. They've played each other once before in New Zealand last year, and Moana went down 34-36, a cracking, a relatively high-scoring but tight match. Um, this will be a built-in game. I mean, if the Fiji and Drew have been keen at every home match, but this is against the other new side. This is against the other Pacifica side. So if there's anything else drawing them in, they can sniff another win. They can sniff a battle with their you know, relative neighbours, this is going to be a cracking match with a very, very involved crowd. Yeah, I was saying, Matt, I want a decibel reader at the stadium on this one because uh, yeah. the Drua home games, it's crazy, the the crowd volumes. But chuck in the Moana fans that'll make the way over for this game as well and, oh, it'll be unbelievable. So um, talking about the Drua, I think, look, playing, uh, playing the Drua in Fiji is genuinely playing. I mean, we always talk about the 16th man, but this is the most genuine time. It's like playing an extra man. Um, they just have an extra defender. They have an extra yeah. defender. That's where it oh, is. hundred percent. They just feed they so much of their energy from the crowd. Uh, and it just, every single player is getting up that second faster is taking that extra sex step, step getting that extra second line speed. It's just, it's, it's insane. It's like a different side playing in Fiji. Um, and that's why we've seen them, you know, take the top teams, like beat to, to beat some of the top teams, take the rest of them down to the wire. So um, it's that's hugely intimidating for Moana, but they'll they'll be up for it as well. Guys, the big question for me here is probably just what happens to the left wing. Like Rakuro's had a few starts in a row now. I think he had a breakout first game, probably a little bit more quiet in the next two games. Um, Aroni Sao, the sledgehammer, if for no other reason, it's the perfect tool to even get close to attempting to stop Tavatavanaya, um, who's just absolutely ridiculous. And I think he's just going to run over Rukuro. He's just too young, too small at this stage of his career. Not only is he going to run over Rukuro, he's going to split him into two. He won't survive the match. So I think you've got to you've got to put the sledgehammer out there. You've either got to put the sledgehammer out there, or you've got to put one of your your, your number eights out there on the oh, wing. I was put just going to say, out there. get the white shark out there. <laughs> yeah, and Kavata can play at eight. I'm all for that. I think that's genius. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing is, is it time? I haven't wanted it this whole time, but is it time we see Marcy back out there getting out of crap with Vota coming in the centres? No, I think I think. Yeah, look, I was going to say Botter got a concussion, but I think he actually passed his HIA. So I don't, I don't think so. I, I think they've shown their best centre pairing for the year and Botter just hasn't had his chances. Yeah. No, fair, yeah. We could see any of those combos, I think. But The um, one I had, guys, the only other one was uh, Frank Lamani, obviously missing last week. Don't know if that was rotation, but Teddy Teller the same as well. So I think maybe it was just trying to give the combination of Matawalu and Munza run because maybe they're spending their time training in uh in in behind the scenes during the week together so i i reckon you get both those guys back and I, I think months was solid but didn't probably do enough to earn himself selection whereas matawali was bloody excellent but mm. uh, lamani has just been so consistent for them all year as well yeah teller was there at the game we saw him in the members he was um he was there and he looked fine but um i don't know not selected or i mean he didn't appear to be carrying any injuries but who knows he um, fine. was he was he sprinting around and 
he was. Just... He was. Um, I was racing him from a bar at one end to the other, um, and he looked fine. So um, no, okay. Um, all right, let's talk about Moana. Um, very simple for me. Please, for the love of God, start Jimmy Tavatavanaya. <clears throat> why was he off the bench last week? He came off and immediately bumped seventeen players out of the way to say, "Why am I off the bench?" Um, start him. <clears throat> He is half the team. The other half of the team is Levi Amua. So you need 100% of your team to be playing. Um, no, he'll definitely be st- starting. A Fijian playing for Moana at home in Fiji will be oh, huge. Yeah. So, I, I just want to put it out there, guys. Aaron Major this week announced that he's going to step down as the coach of Moana Pacifica. I believe that was off pressure after benching Tava Tava Nawai as the greatest <laughs> player in Super Rugby. And they actually forgot to say that Tava Tava Nawai is also going to be the new coach as well. He's going to be player <laughs> coaching the team. Um, and his strategy is give me the ball boys. That's um, <laughs> so it's... <laughs> well, I mean, particularly without Levi Moore, his stats are going to be through the roof because he's going to have to make every carry. <laughs> no one else is going to do it for you. Give me the ball. That's I'll it. do it. There's a, there's a decent chance he's going to offload to himself next year. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, now, speaking of wingers, um, on so Tavatavanaya on the left wing, we'll probably see um, on the right wing, were, were we going to see Neria Fomai or Tima Fyanganuka who played last week uh, and I thought looked all right? Fomai all day long, mate. Tima has never, ever been their first choice. I just don't see him. I don't think he's done anything. Fomai had a very, very quiet game, which was disappointing, but I think he's had a really good year and I, I think he'll start. Fair enough. And Nels, last question for Moana Pacifica before we do tips. Uh, so, yes, Danny Tawala, does he return into the centre to um, have that combo again with Levi Almua instead of Fine Inisi? What do you think, Kat? I guess, do we see Almua at 12 or 13? I mean, I personally think he's <laughs> equally as effective at both positions. You know, usually you, have, you, you like to see someone at either 12 or 13, I don't care where he's at. He's he's equally damaging in both those positions. So it's just about who partners well with him. I think Inisi's been fantastic in the 13 jersey, probably better than Toala has uh, has reached better heights than Toala has. So, I mean, I'd be happy to see Amua 12, Inisi at 13 if I had to pick. I think the, the bleached hair is always like plus like bonus points on performance <laughs> as well because everything he does, you see it. So <laughs> I think if you bleach Danny Toala's hair, I'm going for him. Very good. All right. Um, tipping in this one, Harry, you can take us out. Uh, wh- how do you say this landing? It's it's going to be the Indrua. I think they'll get it done, but I think it's going to be tight. I just I just think it's going to be a grudge match trying to ball around. I'm going to call it like 68 to 63. So it was like <laughs> five points to the Fijian Indrua. Uh, all right. I'll um, follow that up. Uh, I also think there's going to be lots of points scored, but I think the Drew are going to get it done by a bit more a bit more of a margin. So I'm going to say the Drew are going to win this by 15. Huge. Yeah, look, I, I think it's going to be a high score match, and I, I actually think it's going to be the Fiji are going to get done by a little bit more of a margin. So I'm going to say Fiji by 22. Oof. Jesus. All right. Very... You're making me feel very insecure. Yeah, sorry, mate. Well, if you if you're thinking about being insecure, think about how the Crusaders are feeling right now. They're about to come up against the Waratahs. So whew, hate to be them. Um yeah, speaking of the Crusaders, Waratahs, that's in Christchurch at home for the Crusaders. Uh new injuries to report. We've got Sioni Havili Tali Tui, um, who was pulled pre-game with we don't know what yet. Um Mitch Drummond had a HIA at Pretty much at the end of the game. We don't know whether he passed that or not, but should probably be going through the return to play protocols. 
Um, the Waratahs, Talini Siu was meant to be back, but he was pulled pre-game, had his shoulder injury that had kept him out for two weeks, kind of flare up a bit. Um, and he Isaac... Was, he would be back too. Harry Nelson yeah. ran him down. Um, cool. So he'll be back. And then um, Parisi uh, with a back injury during the game. Um, and we don't know the significance of that yet, but uh, stay tuned. Returning... Returning this one, Sam Whitelock, we think he'll be back from his Achilles. Uh, it was like it was kind of like a very minor Achilles knock or something, and they just rested him on the side of caution. Uh, Ethan Blackadder, back from his torn calf. Um, Quinton Strange, turns out, didn't break his hand, so uh, we'll be back. Uh, I think he's only been out for a week or two. And Ollie Yeager, um, I think, just had some massive cut gash on his head, um, which they gave him an extra week to uh, let the stitches kind of come together, I guess. Um, so they'll be back. Waratahs, Tane Edmed, back from his injury in round four, uh, which was a stress fracture to the something. I'm writing as Harry types it out, but he stitched me up and didn't finish that, didn't finish typing it out. So a back stress fracture. Okay, good. <laughs> um, uh, Jack Bowen coming back from a shoulder injury. Um, Tom Lambert from a knee injury in round nine. Teleni Siu, as we said, shoulder, and Lalakai Fuketi, um, who did his ankle. I think he just rolled his ankle in round 12. So I, I can't believe that we've been given nice but crap for his, combina- his uh, pronunciation, and then you don't give Teleni Siu the respect that he deserves to pronounce his name properly. That's true. And I denied myself the fun of saying it. That's very true. Um, well, as I said, look, if I was the Crusaders, I'd be feeling very insecure and quaking in my boots. Um, it has been... 19 years since they've let the Waratahs win in... No, no since the... Uh, it has been 19 years since the Waratahs have won in uh, in Christchurch. Um, so this is the week, obviously. That's how we feel, right? No. Right. <laughs> Nels, do you want to take us through... Well, it's a 19-year do for, like, pretty much every team, to be fair. But, guys, look, I think there's going to be some rotation around the locks is probably the big one. I've said Scott Barrett's dog roll's about to have a rest... Sam Whitelock, obviously, straight into the starting side. Zach Gallagher had a blinder against, you know, albeit Moana last week. And we said Quinton Strange will be fit as well. So I think that could uh, – I, I feel like maybe Strange back to the bench, but, you know, on form, if he was fit, he'd obviously be picked above Gallagher. Um, and Tamati Williams has just played such a huge role for the team this year. If, if Oli Yeager's back, I think he might go straight into the starting spot. Yep, uh, that's that's what I suspect. He's because he's literally played almost at like insane minutes in every game. So um, could see that uh, Cody Taylor. Um, he should just be back and starting unless um, they want to keep resting him because Brody McAllister had been doing a great job in the two starts that he's had. Um, and then I guess that takes us to the the outside backs. Look, after a couple of rests, I think David Havili is clearly starting at twelve, and the question there is just. Has Braden Enel been playing good enough um, or does Jack Goodhue reclaim his 13 jersey? I'm getting some nods from Nels. Harry, give me a yes or a no. I thought Goodhue looked really good last week. So, yeah, I reckon he'll probably get another run. Best game in a long time. Yep. No, I, I tend to agree with you. So, I think we'll finally see the Havili-Goodhue combo back there in the centres. Flying Anuku, Leicester, who'll be back after a his rest last week, back into 11. Will Jordan has been crushing it back in the 15 jersey. The question, the last question for the Crusaders this week is, who wears the 14 jersey? Options are probably Dallas McLeod, Maka Springer, Che Fiaki, or if you're watching us on YouTube, you'll see Harry doing the motions. The player we all want to see, 
Milani Nano, settle down, please. It's also in your your background as well. He's also on either side of me. If you're, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely not going to be Milani Nano. I'm going to put my money on McLeod because they seem to be loving him at the moment. Me too, and he is enormous. He's the man. Hmm. He's very very good. good. Now, Suarez, take us through them. Uh, Hoops is going to get his rest after you know this long period of time, seeming never getting a rest, and I think he needs it. Gamble will be a straight replacement. For them, we've also got Holloway who needs a rest. We've got HJH who needs a rest, and we've got Archer Holtz fit back again. Parisi, Dono, Gordon have started every single match. Now we have the inside word that you know most of those probably won't be rested in terms of Wallaby's resting protocols. Hooper definitely is. Holloway, we're thinking, will be next week instead. But then also um, Coleman came out after the win last week saying he's going to rest some stars. So we only know one confirmed star, Hooper, being rested. So we could well see some other guys missing. I, I think Jake Gordon's probably your other one. If one of those, Brucey's going to be injured anyway with his back. So I think Dono yeah. unlikely to get a rest with Tane just coming back from his stress fracture, and uh, and Jake Gordon, he's probably your guy. He's probably your second one. I think the thing is what we're probably going to see is Payne won't be rushed into 10. I know you guys are not sure what's going to happen there. I think more than likely we're going to see Dono at 10. We'll still see Yorgo starting at 15, but we'll see Tane Edmonds shift into 10 with Donaldson going to 15 towards the back end of the game to give Yorgo at least some reduced minutes, and then maybe we see Jorgensen get a rest next week. I, I hate that idea, to be honest. Only because, I, I, it may well be what happens, but only because I don't think Dono went very well at 15 at all. It's just not his position. I would far rather than Namani Dolo come off the bench, push to one wing, and then get like Marky or Peach at the fullback for the last little bit of the game. Marky Mark. I totally agree. Any any situation when Dolo ends up on the field, I'm all for it. So, oh, yeah. you know, you know where I and stand. And it's against his old team as well, mate. Isn't that just poetry? Absolutely. He scored He's many a try in that corner, but in the blue jersey would be fantastic. Um, Teddy Flanagan returned from the bench last week uh, with him and see you back. How do we see the locks slash back row shaping up? Um, do we see just Holloway Flanagan straight into the row, a back row of CU Gamble and uh, Gleason? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And then that means Will Harris to the bench. Yeah. Harris to the bench. Cover a couple. Yeah. Yep. Hopefully not Harrison Sinclair on the bench. We need, you know, I I I want to have a bit more punch. And if, if they're both your kind of lock slash back rowers, it's not that thrilling. But I don't know who to who to chuck in there. Mm, great. It's been so serviceable. I, I find it hard to think that they're just going to punt him out of the 23, though, considering he can cover four to eight for them, really. Yeah. yeah. I'd, All right, I'd Nils, know. how do you see this game going? Give us your tip. Mate, one last thing. For Keddy back to 12, oh, if no. we've got no Parisi, who plays 13? It's two of a lot two for me. He's there 13. He's there more like for life. Yeah, I think, I think uh, Nelson's just dropped out. I think his computer died because he uh, doesn't own a battery. But Joey Walton and Mosesi Tuopolotto, we've been talking about the balance of where they fit in as the reserve back rowers. I think Walton's a 12, Tuopolotto's a 13. So if Barisi's out, I think it's pretty straightforward. You're going to see Mosesi at outside centre, outside of Fichetti. And uh, you know what? I'm excited to see him get a chance. Um, I agree. Tips, I was going to say, you, you know how Mosesi's a 13. Sion, his brother Sione is clearly a 12. I'd love to see both of them combined in a in a team for one point. That'd be awesome, right? 
Yeah, in Australia. Yeah, in Australia, please come back. <laughs> that would be very good. Um, Nelson's just thrown his tip out there genuinely. I know we stitch you up every time you're not here, but Nelson's just thrown out Tars by three. Tars by three. I reckon now that Nelson's dropped out because he's run out of battery, that maybe he doesn't get this full this pod cap. I think we have to strike strike it from the record. That's I think. Wasn't, wasn't the ball. <laughs> it's going to be, it's um, gonna be uh, at least fifty percent. So we're just going to drag this out and dessert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you thought you thought this was a short pod, but no, I'm no, no, one, no one ever thought this was a short pod. Um, <laughs> all right, Nelson's gone by what, Tars by three. Uh, I'm going to go. Wait, what? Tars by three. Did he actually say that? Sorry, I've never. He just said, said did. I understand. Because I saw that, and I heard that, and I thought, all right, how much am I backing the Tars by until I realised who they're playing again? Um, yeah, the Crusaders are going to win this game comfortably, unfortunately, uh, and it's going to be probably by fifteen points. Yeah, going yeah, easy. I'm with you. I, I think you're going easy, and I'm always a bit worried about how big this could go. The Tars are in a good vein of form, but they've been playing easy teams for that vein of form. Uh, you know, they, they can turn up and they can really put the heat on the Crusaders for a while. So I'm going to pray that happens, but I still think it'll probably blow out to, I'm going to say, just despite you, 16 points. You knew I'd the hate outlier, that. You know, the outlier. Yeah, very good. You got me. All right. Well, that takes us on to the Blues and the Hurricanes um, in Auckland. So, new injuries report on this one. Bowden Barrett, we talked about with the gash on his heel. Probably, uh, he was also due kind of a rest week. So, we... This week or next, yeah. This week or next. So, we're fairly certain. Well, we, we don't think we'll see him this week. Um, and AJ Lamb also rolled his ankle um, pretty badly. Uh, so, we don't expect to see him. Hurricanes, Jacob Devery uh, did a shoulder. Uh, and Devin Flanders did a concussion. So... Don't expect to see him through return to play protocols. Returning, I got Stephen Perra franchise, the man, the myth, the legend. I think yes. he could be back. They've talked about it. It was always his due date. He he'll be back playing at ten, I reckon, in place of Bodie Barrett. You got Caleb Clark, Rico Ioane, Finlay Christie, and Offa Tuunga Fase all coming back from their All Blacks rest week. So the cavalry really are here for that one. Just a and couple then, of bums. For the Hurricanes, equally from their all-backs rest weeks, Geordie Barrett, Tyrell Lomax and Artie Sevilla. Just so much class coming back into both of these sides. <laughs> it is outrageous. It's really like a who can who can outdo the other in terms of players coming back, you know what I mean? That's, um... For sure. But, yeah, the Blues. Um, Nepo Lala, he returned last week. I'll be honest, he confused the hell out of me because he'd shaved his head like off a of Tuanafasi, so I kept getting confused who was playing. But um, Nepo's always had the, uh, you know, you, the pretty... I don't know, definite haircut. But um I, I just assume that offer can grow dreads in a week anyway. So hopefully it'll be a bit more straightforward. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but look, Nepo, uh, he came off the bench from back from his calf injury uh last week. So um we're assuming offer after his rest. Uh we could see both uh, the all blacks props starting. So see offer at, at loose and Nepo starting at tight, um, really rolling out their best front row to take on the hurricanes with the likes of Lomax and Numia. I, I think it'll be interesting then as well what they do on the bench because Marcel Renata, I think, has been, been really, really good starting for them in the tight head prop position. But the, the the lay brothers have been excellent off the bench as well. So they've got some really good depth there and, you know, probably far more depth than we expected at the start of the year. Um, I feel like the Blues went from having no props a couple of years ago to having all the props for, for the last three or four, five years. I don't know. It's like, they it's have, great. They lost a few and then still somehow they've come back. It's, yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> it really is ridiculous. Um, yeah. Look, I... Oh, 
we've also got Akira Choate and Satotu and Satutu, sorry, Satotu. Satutu at six, seven, and eight. We reckon that they'll just go around again. Dalton's not back until quarterfinal time. So is there any reason why you would muck with that? I, I don't I don't see one. I don't think so, particularly since Akira and Satutu have been rested and not played a lot of minutes. Oh, Akira had come back from injury recently, so um, no, I can't see any changes there. You don't see Akira back to the bench, maybe like Big Source or someone getting around at six? No, I do not. I do not <laughs> see that. Uh, that would be ridiculous, Harry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in terms of the backs then, look, we said Bowden Barrett probably out. Does that, that see the pair of franchise straight in at 10? Um, or do we see Harry Plummer in at 10? because they no longer believe Roger Tuovasa-Shek exists um, since he left for the Warriors. I don't know. It's it's kind of up in the air, isn't it? Um, with, without it's, Bowden, you kind of think Perifetta would just go straight into 10. Like, he's... I, that That's what I think should happen, but I, I just think Plummer has had too many quiet games in a row as well. Like, I, mm. I think... I don't, I'm not sure I would pick Plummer at 10 or Plummer at 12. You know, yeah. we talked about then if you shift plummet at 10, you can have Roger Tuovasa Shek at 12. I actually think they should go para franchise 10, Tuovasa Shek at 12, Sullivan at 15, um, and then Plummer Rad- to the bench. Radovan Muki Neepkins on the bench. And yeah, probably Plummer and uh, Neepkins hmm. uh, to the bench. And then that way you've got coverage for the entire back line with those two. So I, I don't mind that, like a 5 3 split. Yeah, I agree, and I think look, it'd be it'd be tough to bench Zahn as well. He's been playing some of his best footy fifteen in, in the last few weeks. So, um, and Pera franchise like relishes the opportunity to play ten. I think like he's been fantastic at fifteen, but you know he wants to be a ten. So, yeah, I think he could be bang on. Um, and it, it could be Palmer whilst he had had a few good games a few weeks ago, could be time for him to to inject from the bench um, and just provide some cover. Um, and yeah, see how that goes. So. The Hurricane, I don't think anything else really with the Blues. It's all the cavalry back, picks themselves. Um, but the Hurricanes, uh, bit of rotation in the outside backs again. So they've got, uh, particularly on the wings, they've got the bus. They've got Reyes, the bus who needs one more try to set mm. that record, we should say. Um, they keep restarting him until he gets one because they're, they're few and far between. Like, How many opportunities is he going to get? I feel like he's a senior enough player to be like, boys, you're starting me until I get this try. Yeah, okay? I genuinely um, think that's the case. And and whether that means Artie gets over the try line and then waits for Julian to get there, so he hands him the ball and he puts it down, you know, it doesn't matter how it's scored as long as it's on the record books. It's, it's ridiculous to think that that genuinely is the most likely way it will happen. Like Artie just running through eight men <laughs> and then just standing over the line holding the ball with men trying to knock the ball out of his hands, like looking for the offload to throw it to his brother to give him a try scoring record. Absolutely. I can't see that happening. Oh, but uh, but no, with the outside backs, that they had been rotating yeah, Rayasi, Keeney Naholo, and uh, the bus a fair amount. And they'd also been rotating their centres a lot. So um, it's kind of just anyone's guess, I think, really, uh, who starts. It's As we said, does the bus have enough pull to say, I'm starting, you fight for the other wing? Um, and then with the centres, uh, Jordy Barrett, um, I think he's had his rest. So Last week, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so he'll be playing. And then it's just... Um, I mean, Billy Proctor has been their best 13. I, I think that's what it'll be. I think, I think you'll get what you expect there. But um, I, I just, the, the the bus comments more just about the fact that I don't think he should be anywhere near the starting wing. Like the other two have been so much better, but he will because they want to give him that try and he'll demand it. Um, and his brother will demand it as the captain. Um, <laughs> look, the, the other one was at hooker, Jacob Devery got injured that we still don't have any clarity. I think Dane Coles has been concussed for four or so weeks. So that, that's that's blowing out now. And that's a bit scary for him, particularly mm. you know, at the end of his career. 
And then uh, Asafa Amua hurt his elbow a couple of weeks ago, and we've heard nothing about him coming. Is it an elbow back. or neck? I thought he had a neck injury. No, I think his elbow. I think okay. I, I mean, I could be wrong. No, no, that's. I love uh, that you, yeah, you want to take elbow injury. Elbow injury. Okay. Um, but you know, who, who starts? And you know, I, I went into the depths of this. Uh, Epa Lahame, also known as just Hame, uh, favor. Mm. I, I think he'll start. He came off the bench last week, and I went, "Who the hell's that?" Well, he's 29 years old, 183 centimetres, 108 kilos. He actually grew up playing in Waikato. He played a couple of years of New Zealand schoolboys rugby league and right. then when, ended up getting picked for the Waikato and playing in the, uh, at the time, the MPC. He got picked up by Benetton Treviso from 2017 to 2021, 2022, and then shifted over to the Worcester Warriors where, of course, his contract got terminated, which is how we ended up getting signed for the Hurricanes. And fun fact, he actually got capped six times for Italy as the hooker between 21 and 22. So he's actually no slouch at all. <laughs> he is definitely going to start, and I have so much more respect for him after doing this research than I did before. Yep. No, there you go. That's uh, He certainly yeah, went, went down the rabbit hole, didn't you? <laughs> Um, he, and he looked good. He's he's come, he's come off the bench a couple of times this year. I mean, I think he came off the bench. It was a few times he was on the bench ahead of Devery for behind the other Amour or Coles or something. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's looked good. So yeah, wow, Hurricanes not lacking in depth. If you're able to pull out someone like him for your four for your fourth hooker, you know. Um, yeah, imagine imagine like playing like starting for Italy and then being the fourth choice at the Hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, oh, it, it, is, it is a bit mental, but um, you starting he'll, right. I'm going to say he'll, he'll be wrapped around with Numia and Lomax on the other side of him, and that's a pretty formidable front row. So. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. But, um, I had, um, had Brayden yeah. say, obviously, just straight back to the bench. Had a cracking game again on the weekend, but Artie, straight back in. I think the other the only other thing is Flanders with his uh, – Flanders, sorry, uh, <laughs> could, could be out with his concussion. Uh, if he is, then maybe it's just Brayden say just straight to the blind side. Or more of our, our preseason favourite player, Peter Lackey. Can we see him back into the fold, please? Or he's disappeared, hasn't he? He's not named yes. on any of the injury reports, so I, I wouldn't mind it as well. But I just, I also just don't think he's a six man. He's an he's an out and an out eight. So I know. I just, I just wanted to bring back his name. I feel like it's been oh, weeks since we've said it. It's been too long. So you've done well. And yeah. the only other point I had was Sia Peter Umanga Jensen back into the rotation, back into the pile. I don't. I don't think we'll see him again this week. I think he's out. We, we mentioned the centers that we thought were going to get picked, and he's just not versatile, versatile enough for me to be on the bench with the other players I do have. Now we've talked about before we do tips. We've talked about lineups um, before we do uh, before we do tips. Sorry, I was going to say, how do you actually see this game going? We've just talked about the lineups really, but um, I'm trying to think like in, in trying to formulate my tip for this game. Uh, I'm trying to f- figure out where the areas the Hurricanes can really get stuck into the Blues in this one. Like, I think the Blues, I mean, the Hurricanes have been really, really good, but I'm kind of back in the Blues in this one. Honestly, I think it's they're very, very even across the park. I think mm. the Hurricanes, as we've said in the past, they're going to be looking for their backline Camroy guard to be their strike weapon around the edges <laughs> of the ruck. And then that just creates some space out wide for the electric backs that they have. I hope they play Ray Arcee and Kenny Naholo because I think that's how they can be the most damaging. And then, you know, both their centres have been excellent as well. So it's it's, it's a pretty lethal back line. Aidan Morgan will do his best not to pass the ball out because I know he loves a run. 
but I don't think that's the best thing for the team. I think uh, I think you just need to feed the outside after Cam Roygaard has a dart. Um, the Blues, it's just, to me, if they can show up with their best defensive game that they can offer, then I think they're just going to have two, they're going to be too workmanlike to kind of run over the top of them. And I think the Hurricanes might not get enough space and enough ball. But um, I, I think that's what it comes down to, the attitude of the Blues, because when they're at their best, they're a class above the Hurricanes. But if they're not quite at it, the Hurricanes are a dangerous side. And this, to me, is the battle for a home quarter final. This is fourth versus fifth. Whoever wins this one gets a home quarter. So there's a lot on the line. Yeah, it's true. I just was reflecting again upon the juicy, juicy matchups that will be uh, possibly Caleb Clark and Kenny Naholo and Ray Arce and Talea. I mean, God, that's some, oh, please, that's some good rugby watching right please there. Please give us that. Please don't be raining in Auckland. That's all I'm saying. Um, All right. Well, yeah, I really needed uh, that to try and form out my tip. I'm going to go with the Blues still uh, at home in Auckland, uh, but not by much. I'm going to say the Blues maybe by five. Yeah, I, I reckon you're pretty close. Hmm. I might go by... Just check, you're just checking the line first quickly? Is that what you're I doing? always do. The Blues <laughs> by six. Or oh, the Blues by six. Yeah, I reckon yeah. I'll just beat the line. If anything, I was I dead set looking at four and six, so you've done me well there by giving me the five. It didn't help me at all. <laughs> um, no, I like it. Very good. Last game of the week, mate. We've got the Brumbies versus the Chiefs. This is basically the Brumbies' last hope to finish anywhere near the top two now. They blew it last week. Now it's all on the line. They'll be fresh. That's the good news. No new injuries for either team. But the Brumbies have a whole team returning. Mm. Flipper, Nos Lonigan, and Alan Alatoa, the full front row back. They're going to have Nick Frost partnering any one of their other good locks. I'd suggest maybe Darcy Swain on current form, and we just haven't seen anything of Caden Neville, I feel, for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, the MIA. He's, he's just disappeared. No idea why. Valentini will come back into six to partner probably Hooper, Tom Hooper, and uh, Pete Samu, maybe Valentini to eight if that's the case. That's our, That was our preferred back row at the start of the year. Uh, the only, you know, the only issue with that is obviously Samu has not been played at seven all year long and their sevens have been very good for them, but that's what we want to see. And then you've yeah. also got the likes of Nick White, Len Ikatow and Tom Wright all back into the back line. It's, it's genuinely two thirds of a team. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the spine of the team, is it? I mean, you started with a Wallabies front row right there. It's the you know spine I mean? and limbs of the team, man. It's the <laughs> whole team. <laughs> it really is. Um and the Chiefs, uh, not quite the whole spine of a team, but um, they've got two forwards coming back. Josh Lloyd from a concussion and Sam Penny Finnow from a concussion and the world's biggest game that he had a few weeks ago. God, he had a big game. Um, yeah, the Brumbies in this one. So, look, I mean, you nailed it, really. They've got a whole team coming back. We think with now all the players that are available, they pretty much all pick themselves uh, it will be interesting to see if they do roll out what you suggested there in that Hooper 6, Samu 7, Valentini 8 that we think is the strongest. But um, I think we've yet to see... I mean, Tom Hooper had a uh, had a great game by all accounts. I actually haven't watched the whole game. But um, uh, has he done enough to to really just take the starting jersey in the, in the Brumbies, do you think? No, I don't think he's done enough to take the jersey. I, I, I think everyone that's played in that back row for the Brumbies have been excellent. I mm. think... The reason that we want to see him there is because last year his performance was so good that we see him as a long-term option for the Wallabies at six. He's got that much potential. So if he's back to his best, which I think he took a big step in that direction last week, then that's probably their best chance of winning the competition. 
But equally, I, I could see that he's a great bench option that can cover so many positions for them as well. Um, Samu, yeah. Samu, you know, the only question would be, you know, he was one of the few guys that started last week, but I think he did have a rest about three weeks ago as well. So they've got a lot of options. They've got a lot of rested, fresh players now. Hooper coming back into his own. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do. My gut feel is Hooper's going to slide back into the bench and they're going to pick one of their, you know, Rory Scott or Jerome Brown at seven, just purely because that's been how they've been playing it all year. But I, I hope it's not the case. I hope they have a crack and and do something new. Yep, fair. Um, I think one of the real strengths of the Brumbies in this game that they're going to really attack um, is going to be the line-out. I mean, they have this absolutely awesome line-out, the Brumbies, and with the likes of Swain, Frost, Hooper, all on the paddock, if they, if they do get them all out there, or even just Swain and Frost, you know, and, and Valentini jump sometimes, things like that, real strength of the Brumbies. So I think that's somewhere they're going to look to not only, like, you know, push their will, but also to compete uh, and really attack the Chiefs line-out there. Um, which I think will be big. And then the centre pairing, you're excited. You've been excited about Tamati Tua all year. Well, I, that's probably a little bit of an overstatement. I think he's been a really good replacement for them, but he's been patchy. You know, at, at times he looks really, really good. At times he goes missing. When he's at his best, it's when he's taking those hard unders lines and getting them over the gain line so they can get quick ball to their outside backs. He's going to need to be at his best. Like it, it's a pretty intimidating defensive line with. Alex Nankavell and Anton Leonard-Brown, those guys are both very solid defenders. So I, I think he needs to have a blinder for the Brumbies to have a good game here because he's so important for them getting over the game line, that one step out beyond their loose forwards. He is. He is. Um, and likewise, just like getting the ball to Iketau, you know what I mean? Get like creating enough space so Iketau can do something, um, you know, not just yeah. being... I don't know, so one-dimensional. But I, I think the question for me on the Chiefs side of thing is how seriously do they take this? You know, do they really want to show any of their hand against the Brumbies who are a potential semi-final component? They're on a two-week tour around Australia. They have they currently have an eight-point lead on the top of the table. So they could worst case lose this game, resting a few of their big guns so they're real fresh for the back end of the year. Then they've got the Western Force in Perth next week, which I know they're on a six-game winning run over there, but if the Chiefs are rolling out their big guns, mate, they're breaking that. Let's be honest. It's, it's the Chiefs, yeah. Yeah. So I think they're gonna they're gonna have a crack at resting this one or the next one. I actually think it's better for them to rest a fair few players for this game and then mm. go in all guns blazing against the the Western Force next week and then have a bit of momentum coming forward. The only downside is obviously the uh the travel back from Perth, whereas you can just leave them at home otherwise. But uh, that's that's what I think they should do. Yeah, I think that's a good shout, and and they have um, enough players have come back uh, that they have they have the depth in all positions that they could rest a lot of their big guns. Um, you know, like with a lot, you know, Josh Lloyd, Natua Koi, Manaki, Selby, Rickup. You know, they can rest some of their they can rest Tupovai, Retallic. Um, they've seemed to have finally got all their props back, or quite a few of their props back. So they can rest some of their front rowers. Um, they're actually in a really good place, uh, and that you know, there's certainly not the worst shout ever. Um, I do think, I see them doing it though? I don't, but I, I think like there are a few guys that are surely due a rest. Like Shooter Stevenson has started every game bar one this year. I think round five was the last one that he didn't. Um, mm. That that's got to be taking it out of him, surely. I know he's an outside back, so it's not quite the same. And Moni Narawa missed round nine, you know, like he's played nowhere near the same amount of minutes. And I think attending Nano Satura, they gave a rest for Peniasi Malimali uh, mm. only a few weeks ago as well. So 
I think that's where the question mark is, really. He gets a rest, maybe D-Mac as well. Who knows? You can't really rest both of them. But either way, it's going to come down to, you know, essentially what is the role of Joshuana in the back half of this season? I think they showed their hand, and that was that they think he didn't have a big role for them. But Bryn Gatland uh, getting injured and he's now missing, you know, I think he tore his bicep, gone for the rest of the year. They need to make sure that Joshuana is comfortable in this team just in case something happens to either Shooter or D-Mac because otherwise there's a huge gaping hole in the class and, and the comfort of how that team's been steered around. So there's an opportunity for him this week or next week, I reckon. There is. I will say um, if, if Shooter does go down, um, uh, obviously, you know, D-Mac can go to 15, but Narawa has played quite a lot of 15 as well. Um, and then they can just spout out another winger. You know what I mean? Like it's, um, there is still a lot of flexibility there, but it's interesting. Shooter, you're right. It, it's, you know, not having a rest for such a long time, I think, partially will be, you know, himself push pushing, saying, mate, they they're talking about me for all black selection. Let, let me play every minute. I know they need to prove myself, you know. But um it's certainly he's certainly been a little bit quiet in recent weeks compared to the way he started the season. But he's tired, uh, mate. <laughs> yeah, you think so? Um so yeah, I think in this game set piece is going to be enormous. Uh, this is you're going up against the Brumbies uh, in Canberra and it's a bloody set piece town, mate. It's, it's scrums and line outs, it's rolling malls. So you're gonna to have to defend those, um, and yeah, the Chiefs. It'll be interesting to see who they, what, what pack they roll out, because uh, they are coming up against the, you know, the cream of the crop. The Brumbies have saved their best for this game, so yeah, um, I'm not sure. I mean, we've asked the question many times before: who can stop the Brumbies rolling more? And the answer is no one. Um, you know, will the Chiefs I don't know try? If that's true anymore. I don't know if that's true anymore. You reckon? Yeah, I, I look. I reckon what's going to happen is Brady Retallick's going to partner. One of the other blokes, Akoi or Josh Lord, would be where my money is. Tupo Vai has had a huge few weeks, had a blinder scoring a double last week. I think he deserves a rest. I think it's, again, since early season, round five or something, since he had a rest. So I reckon you'll see someone come in for him. Otherwise, I think they're going to run out their top front row. They're just going to try and run them down. Samasani Takiaho, you know, you talked about who can stop the Brumbies rolling more. Well, Samasani Takiaho is a more in his own. So if anyone can, it's probably him. But I, I'd probably give the slight edge there to the to the Chiefs in the in their scrum, to be honest. And mm. there's a lot of firepower there for the chefs to try and get up and contest that rolling mall. So unless it's a five meter line, then I think they might just try and pinch a bit of it. And that's probably their best chance of stealing it, stopping yep. that attacking platform. That's fair. Now look for mine. Um I just think in this game, I mean, it is going to be all about set pace, but I just think the Chiefs outside backs are going to have too much fire. You've got the likes of the Narawa, Stevenson, and uh, Nana Saturo coming at Tool and uh, Muirhead, and I just think that's going to be too much class. The Chiefs, if if they can get some front football, if the Brumbies don't really slow down the ball enough at the breakdown, um, the Chiefs are just so hard to stop. There's no team in the comp that can attack like them uh, at the pace and exert that much pressure. Um, I think it's. I think the Chiefs are going to be too much. So um, whether or not they rest players or not, I just think they've got too many weapons. So I'm going to tip in this one the Chiefs to take the Brumbies at home, uh, but not by not by heaps. I'm going to take the Chiefs by. I don't know. I feel like I should let Harry go first, actually, for once. But no, I'm I'm already well, there. I'll, I'll go first. That's right. Okay. I I think um 
you know, you ask the question, oh, can the Brumbies slow down the ball? That is the thing that the Brumbies are the best in the competition with, with you know. They played the uh, – I thought the only similar matchup for them was maybe versus the Hurricanes when they had Ray Arce and the Basel Kininaholo. I can't remember which two of their massive three wingers they ran out. And they didn't score any tries in the outside backs, not Morby either. All their tries were Artie Sevilla, Cam Roygaard, Aidan Morgan. It was all in tight because sure. the ball was just not fast enough. So I, I think that's absolutely the tactic. It's just Jesus Christ, don't let them get it out to those freaks of nature. But it <laughs> means that you're going to have big games from the likes of DMAC um, and maybe maybe like an ALB or something like that. Um, I'm, I'm going to – I think I'm going to break tip the Brums. I just think it's going to mean more to them than the Chiefs. And I right. think that the Chiefs might hold a few of the cards closer to their chest. So because of that, I'm going to go the Brums by like – Three points. They'll they'll do it tough against a, a slightly undermanned Chiefs side to me. All right. Well, you've reined in my Chiefs tip. I'm going to say the Chiefs by three as well. I'm just going to go the other way. Where were you going to go, mate? Tell me. Uh, I, look, not heaps more, but I was going to go maybe Chiefs by six or seven. But you've brought it back down to three. So All right. Okay. I've done well. Go 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 the Bruns. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, look, that concludes our uh, main course. Looking at previewing the games in round fourteen. Can't believe we're in round fourteen already. Um, and with that, let's go and look at dessert for the week. Desserto. For dessert, we were just going to take a quick look at uh, Wallaby's fullback in 2023. It's a big question. Who is there anyone that really has their name on the jersey already, or who are the possibles? Uh, what do you think, Harry? I think first and foremost, there are there is definitely no one with their name on the jersey. I think we still don't know who's going to play there. I think Bataya was probably putting his name in the mix, but wasn't doing quite enough to jump the rest who are also all playing well. And I think now his injury means that it's going to be really hard for him to push himself up there. You got the late run from Jock Campbell, who I think had an absolute blinder a couple of weeks ago, but probably needed to continue to perform at that level to be a a real chance. And then that means that to me, you know, there's a few names which I'm sure you'll discuss, but it's a two-horse race. I think it's Andrew Calloway or it's Tom Wright. Yep. And for me, out of those two, I think it's a one-horse race and that's Andrew Calloway. So that's just the way I feel it. (laughs) I, I actually completely agree. It's Andrew Kellaway all day long. The mm. only reason it might not be is if they don't think Marky Nwanganitawasi is quite ready on the right wing or, you know, t- t- to be honest, maybe Tom Wright on the wing. But if, if they don't want to play Wright or Marky, then you could put Kellaway to fullback and then you can play someone else at fullback. Sorry, to, you could play uh, Kellaway at right wing, which mm. opens up the fullback jersey for one of the others. That's that's the only chance. It's you pick Kellaway first. Do you pick him as a winger or a fullback, and then work the rest out? Yep. No, I agree. Um, I mean, there's those that will just the calls for the 18 year old Jorgensen. Give him a crack. Chuck him straight in there. Throw big him in the fire. Yeah, big Jorgensen. <laughs> but. Um, no, I mean, I, I, yeah, I just think Kellaway, uh, you know, in, in the Rebels, we've been waiting for years for him to be behind a, a, a good back line in the Rebels to actually see what he can do. He's just been limited there, um, which is why it's always been such a massive shock when the last two years he's played for the Wallabies and just been amazing, been incredible. Because once he gets on the end of a good back line and gets some space, he just makes it look easy. So... Uh, I think from what we're about to see from him returning from injury this year in the Rebels, um, he just... He does exactly that. He makes it look easy. He just looks like he's got so much time and space um, and that he can. he's reading the game so well. He, he's always making the right decision 
Um, and that's always been my my biggest point of contention with Tom Wright has just been, whilst he's certainly gotten a lot better, hasn't made great decisions, I think, fairly consistently. Um, we know he can, we know he, you know, he's got pace to burn. Uh, he can kick the ball, but just, I don't know. I think, you know. I think it's a little rough. Like, I, I think his decision-making this season has been one of the biggest improvements for him. No, no, well, this season he- it has. The brain farts which plagued his career up until the end of 2022, I, I think they're gone. I think the issue is he's not making bad decisions, but Kellaway always makes the right decision, you know, mm. or the best decision. So Tom Wright might be a safe pair of hands, but Kellaway just seems to go, oh, I've got, you know, half a second to catch and do something with his ball. Oh, I've just seen there's a little bit of space in the backfield. I'll put it through and then hopefully one of the lightning quick outside backs can come through and we'll score a try. And sure enough, it happens. And he just... Like he he just seems to be playing in slow motion. He's got the cheat codes on, and he just makes all the right moves all the time. And that's why I just think it has to be him. I agree. No, I I agree. I think Jock Campbell. Look, he got some he got some time in a Wallabies fullback jersey last year. Um, one game was it? Yeah. Or well, the Australia A games? I guess he played played in those a couple of those. But uh, and he looks good uh, for the little bit that we've seen him at that level. Uh, he's had some outstanding games for the Reds, but. Hasn't had that time uh, this season. We haven't seen enough of it uh, with Jordi Bataille playing quite a lot and, and whatnot. So I think it would be tough to put him straight in there. I think Eddie's going to go on form and Eddie's going to go on what he's seen this year. And for mine, based on this year, Kellaway is your out-and-out choice. Wright's then your backup. Uh, and you, if you have those two guys, both can play wing or fullback. They've both got to be in and around the squad. But Kellaway is your starting fullback come Wallaby's test one to twenty twenty three. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. Um, I'm just trying to think. I had a conversation with Kellaway after the game when he was down at the Tars with a couple of other supporters. He, he had a mate down there as well, and um, the, the way he talks about his own game, like he just doesn't think he's as good as he is. I don't think he realizes he's got imposter syndrome, and I right. feel like that's one of the requirements for a great player, like to never believe that they fully belong. So they always have to work their ass off to make sure that they do. And that that's him to the team. Eh? He doesn't realize how gifted and how incredible of a player he is. And mm. I think it puts him in very good stead just to keep improving rather than resting on his laurels. I'm pretty sure he said, Eddie asked him, you know, like, why should I pick you? And he said, oh, if you don't think I'm good enough, don't. <laughs> <laughs> that does very much sound like him. I think, uh, he he's one of those players that we've said so many times last year when watching for the Wallabies that like he has no right to to bust through so much of the contact he gets through. Just we 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 couldn't understand how he was making such good line breaks um, and just slicing through gaps. Like sometimes it's just like how are you doing that? But um, it makes no sense. It's interesting. I, I I'll go conversely. Like I I agree that it is good for some players to not realize how good they are. But conversely, I mean I do like the players that just think they're the absolute God's gift to the game and the best player to ever play. And that's that's both the Iwanis, uh, Zan Sullivan even, if you're pointing to him in your video. Guys who are just like, I am the best and get out of my way. Uh, I love that. Rico has one game off and Zan Sullivan's pulled the Superman celebration. One game off. He's like, it's mine now. (laughs) You know Rico sat him down and said never again. (laughs) 100%, mate. Uh, Very good. Well... Look, I think we've nailed it. Uh, it only took us five minutes. Eddie's obviously tuning into the pod as he does every week, friend of the pod. Um, selection done. Kellaway's in there. Righty is back up in the squad. So you can thank us later. And what's my what's my quote? If you if you if you haven't heard it, uh... 
if you hadn't heard it here anywhere else, you've heard it here first. Very good. Some great stuff. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Draft Rugby Show. This was season six, episode, God, was it 18? Uh, and I think we've spoken long enough now that Nelson doesn't get a cap. Yeah, uh, in fact, he gets negative a cap for dropping out. We're going to make that a new rule, and it's it's implemented retrospectively as of right now. So how good. And I, we'll catch you again next week. I do want to congratulate you, Craig's on your last pot as well, mate. There's no more Tier 2 rugby players with any more caps than you, so I can't have you getting the plaudits of all the Tier 1s. <laughs> Vlaco is the last one. Oh, Vlaco. <laughs> All right. Thanks, boys. Cheers.